I want to share with us today from Isaiah 38 and 3. Isaiah 38 and 3. And he said, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee, have I walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, have done that which is good in thy sight, and Hezekiah wept. We're going to title this, Hezekiah, the praying king. It's important for people to pray. Disciples that teach us to pray. We'll go through some of this about this praying king. His life was a life of prayer. How he prayed about things. This is an awesome statement here, a rare statement. He said he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Isn't that a wonderful way for a man to live, to do what is right in the sight of the Lord? I'm convinced we all need to draw near to God. If we want more of God, the first step is for us to draw near to God. And that's one thing we have to do is draw near to God, give him more of our time. It says in Second Chronicles 30 and 18, multitude of people had not cleansed themselves, and they did not eat the Passover. I mean, they did eat the Passover. Of course, you know, God was displeased with that. But the Bible said in Hezekiah, I prayed for them. We ought to be so thankful for people praying for us that we don't even know about. Praying for us. Prayers. He said, the good Lord pardon you. Every one of you. If Hezekiah can pray for a nation and get them pardoned, how much more so if we as a group can pray and get a nation pardoned? God is not quick to judge. He's quick to forgive. God did not come to get in our life to be a guest. He came to serve us. He's the host. He's looking for us to let him serve us with eternal life. The Bible said the meek shall inherit the earth. He's not talking about this earth. Don't never think that you're going to inherit this earth. You're not. What that meek means that going over the earth is during the millennial year of reign of 1,000 years. The meek will be in a ruling position. But this world is going to pass away one of these days because it's a corrupt world. So Hezekiah made it a point to pray for the people. And that he prayed to these people. And he asked God to forgive them. He called him the good God, the good God. And Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, The good Lord pardon every one of you. How many are so glad that God will pardon you one day? Wash your sins away. Made you white as snow. He pardoned you. Some people said, Well, I never was really in sin. You was born in sin. You needed a Savior. Jesus ever liveth to make intercessory prayer to us today to the Father. He's praying for us every day. I know some people is praying for you every day. I'm glad for people praying for me every day. I know Sister Emma had a vision like one time and of Satan in a snake form 
And she asked him, said, I think he, was up, he came to church up here. She asked him, said, what are you doing here? He said, I come after Billy Dupree. I want you to know the devil's coming after you, but there's something greater in us that he can't get us. Amen? Everybody ought to say amen. Hey, we serve a wonderful living God. How blessed we are to be in on this today. And then the Bible said, The Lord hearkened to Hezekiah, and he healed all the people. And isn't that awesome? God would heal all the people because one man prayed for them, healed every one of them because this one man did what was right in the sight of God. All the days of his life, he did what was right in the sight of God. That's an awesome statement to be in the Bible there in the Scripture. Then one day, several mighty armies came against him, came against him. All hope was gone. There was no hope that they could happen. This is such a wonderful thing in the Bible. You're faced with some things. Sometimes it looks like it's hopeless. Huh? Sometimes you'll get a diagnosis from the doctor that'll really shock you. All hope is gone that anything's going to work out right. But God always gives an answer when all hope is gone. And a mighty army. Peggy and I were talking yesterday. We're not in no fleshly warfare. We're in a spiritual warfare. When we get the spirit right, this pastor one time was working on his Sunday message, and his son kept bothering him, kept bothering him. So he took a piece of paper and just tore it up to pieces and said, now go play with that and put it all back together. The son went into the room, and in just a little while, he came back. He said, how did you get that put together so fast? He said, I turned it over and with the man on the other side, and I got him put together. And I turned the world over, said, when you get your man put together, the world doesn't matter. I mean, you know, the what going on in the world shouldn't matter when our life is right with God. Ken made a profound statement this morning. And Sister Richardson said one time in Sunday school class, we need to wake up and realize we're just passing through this life. There, we're not no permanent residents here. And Ken said, if something happened to you, just think you're going to wake up in heaven. Going to wake up in heaven. So this mighty army came against Hezekiah, and they wrote him a letter. And they told him what all they was going to do to him. And Hezekiah said to the people, be strong and courageous, for there is more for us than against us. I want you to know there's an angels of hosts around us, and we'll get to that in just a minute, that we have never seen before. If we're going to see more of God, we're going to have to have a vision, and we're going to have to have faith. You cannot receive the visions of God without faith. You cannot see the glory of God without faith because he's in another world. He's inside of us. When we have the faith that God wants us to have, we see things different than what it Someone told me the other day, said, when you get our age, the things that used to matter don't matter no more. Have I mean, you, how many of you found that out? The things really used to, Brother Leslie, the thing really used to matter has no matter to me today. I'm losing interest in this world. 
I'm not, I'm not losing interest. I've done lost interest in this world. This world had no appeal to me because I'm working for something even higher than what's in this world. I want you to use your imagination a minute. Sometimes you go to the doctor and you get a bad report. I want you to bear with what the Word of God says. You get it written in writing. And I want to encourage you. We're going to do something here. Do what Hezekiah did. Amen? How many are ready to do what he did? When you get a bad report or something and it don't look good, do what Hezekiah did. Speak to yourself. Be of good courage. There's more for me than what's against me. Them, them doctors may be right, but they're not the last say. These mighty army that came against him was 185,000 men. There's no hope that he could whoop them. But what he did, he took that letter and went to the house of God, and Isaiah went with him. The prophet went with him. The prophet and the king went together to the house of the Lord, to the house of prayer, and went to the altar and laid it out on the altar. That's what he did. Before I ever started pastoring, we had something happen at work one time, and they brought me this letter and said, what in the world are we going to do about this? I said, I don't know. They explained to me what was happening, and we can't get this fixed because there's money involved. I said, can I take that letter home with me tonight? They said, well, yes. That was Wednesday night. I went to church, and I laid that on the altar, and we prayed over it, and during the night, God gave me a vision what to do. Huh? God is no respecter person. If you get a bad report from the doctor or somebody, things not going well, you get the king, King Jesus, and the prophet, the Spirit of God, and maybe you get somebody with you, and you come to the altar, and you lay it on the altar, and you pray over it and present it to God. Okay? Hezekiah said, look what they said about you. He never took it personally, what the king said he was going to do to him, Brother Melvin. He didn't take it personally. I won't give you a history of how wicked these people were. It's unreal that people can be that wicked and, and what they did to show Hezekiah what he was going to do to him. One of them, they'd take a horse and tie it to a man and tie a thing to his tongue and pull the tongue right out of his head. He is trying to express fear. The devil is a fear spreader. He's a master at spreading fear. We're in a spiritual warfare. And he laid it out on the altar and said, look what they said about you. You got two men down there at the altar praying. Isaiah, Isaiah, one of the great prophets. Jesus and Paul quoted Isaiah more than all the other prophets together. So it must have had something to add. Isaiah 6, he saw the Lord high and mighty and lifted up, and his whole train filled the temple. We are the temple of God, and God wants his holy presence to fill this temple until it's overflowing and baptize us with the Holy Ghost and fire. Why is the fire so important? It burns up the chaff. I forgot what year it was. All of my family, Peggy and all of us, went to 
Yellowstone. It was a year after it had burned. We went up to the Yellowstone Park, and they told us this. They thought the fire had completely destroyed Yellowstone Park. It would never be the same again. But said, this year we have seen plants, shrub come up, flowers come up, we have never seen before. The Chinese says a fire can never destroy the seed. Listen, God has got something inside of us that the fire of God burns the chaff up in our lives that's not supposed to be there. That's why it's so important to be full of the Spirit of God. It'll burn it up. And as Hezekiah and Isaiah prayed about these wicked people, standing all around and threatening them, all of a sudden, faster than light itself came upon them with one angel. One angel slew 185,000 men just like that. So the next time you get a bad report, come to church, get somebody to pray with you, go to the altar. It don't have to be this wood altar down here, but come. Just, just go to the house of God, go to the house of prayer and begin to pray and believe God. And I tell you, God's going to annihilate your problem. If he done it for Hezekiah, he'll do it for us. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He has no respect to person. There's no shadow of attainment. This is written for our example to pray. And suddenly, immediately, an angel shows up I wonder what if it happened if he'd sent two, two angels because he prayed a prayer in the house of God. How many believe that God is with you? And the devil will lie to you and tell you God's not with you. He says things are not going to work out. You're not going to get any better. You just will accept that and, and just be a good example for the Lord. You'll be a better example of the Lord if the Lord will heal you. God wants every person healed of their sin, their spirit, everything. When they prayed, God sent an angel, an angel to deliver them. Jesus come or came or is here to serve us. He wants to serve us. After the resurrection, disciples went fishing. And they caught nothing. They recognized the man on the shore. They didn't recognize it Jesus at that time. And he asked them, said, have you caught anything? And they said, no. And then they recognized him, and when they got to the shore, he had bread and fish cooked for their breakfast. You know, we got this idea about breakfast food, what it's got to be. When I was in the Navy one morning, you'd have toast with chili over it. That for breakfast. Doesn't that sound exciting? Doesn't that just thrill you? Knowing on a Wednesday morning when you go to the eat, there's a piece of toast and chili like poured over it. My goodness, that's exciting. One morning you had a piece of toast. Brother Melvin, did y'all have that in the Army? Yeah, they had that in the Army. It was sort of white gravy and a little chipped up beef. You had that for breakfast. So in the morning when you eat your breakfast, I cooked Peggy breakfast some morning, oatmeal. She will not eat my oatmeal that I cooked for her. 
She does not like the way I cook oatmeal. I take that instant oatmeal and put it in a bowl and put my milk in a container and put it in a microwave and get it boiling and pour it over and stir it up and I eat it. She don't want that. She wants that in the microwave and get the boiling in there. She said it's just like eating nothing. God is setting a table before us when we're not catching anything, when things are not working right, he wants us to recognize it's him standing there to help us. Amen? He wants to serve us beyond anything that we've ever imagined before. He doesn't want to be the guest. He wants to be the server. I tell you, he's got some good things to give, wonderful, dynamic things to give. Hezekiah said to the people, be strong and be of good courage. Be strong and be of good courage. Brother Ken and I were talking about something this morning. He was telling me something. I won't tell it. He can tell it when he wants to. But Jesus was doing some things one time, and they said it just looked like idle tales. They didn't believe the supernatural power of God. It just looked like an idle dream. He does supernatural things for us in our lives, abundant things. Then Hezekiah had another problem come up. If you think you've got problem, read about Hezekiah's life. He had one problem after another one. The people didn't sanctify themselves, didn't separate themselves before they done the Passover. He prayed for them and asked God to forgive them, and God forgave them all. Then he's got this mass army that comes against him. It looks like with no hope, just, just no hope. Had that come against him. Now something else comes against him. Some people, one asked me many years ago, when will we quit having problems? I said, the day we bear you. You just well get used to that. You're going to have them. But greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We're more than overcomers because it's Christ inside of us giving us that overcoming power. So we have a king here that prays, that prays unto God. But you find something else here. He got sick. He got more than just sick. The Lord had sent a message to him and told him, set your house in order. You're going to do what? You're going to die. You're going to die. Now, this is something strange in the Bible for God to tell a man, you're going to die to get your house in order. He turned his face to the wall. How in the world can you pray when you done got a message from God, you're fixing to die? Get your house in order, you're going to die. But he turned his face to the wall, shut out the world, got in his closet, and began to pray to God. He began to pray. We want to share a little bit about this, about turning his face to the wall and began to pray. The Bible said he rent his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth. The word sackcloth there means humble yourself. When you get a bad report, humble yourself. Turn away from the world and turn your face to God and begin to call on the Lord. Brother James, he had a, a decree from God that he was going to die. 
He's going to get a sickness, and he's going to die. God told him that. But as he turned his face to the wall and began to pray and weep and cry out to God, Isaiah hadn't got out of the court until the Lord spoke to Isaiah. He said, go back and tell him. Oh, church, God answers prayers. He hears prayers just that quick. He wept sorely. He was so sad about it. Next time you get a bad report, I want you to turn your face away from the world, stop your ears up from what you've heard, and turn to God and begin to pray. Get Isaiah to pray with you. Isaiah was with him all this time, and he began to pray. And God did more than just heal him. He didn't just heal him. He did more than just heal him when he turned his face to the wall and began to pray. And the Bible said, and God heard his prayer. When one prays, they must believe that God hears their prayers. They must believe that. They must act upon it. How can we tell that we have faith? It's through obedience. It's through obedience. When Jehazi went out and told Naaman, go baptize seven times in the river of Jordan, he went away angry. One reason, because Elisha didn't come out and talk to him because he felt like he should have. And another reason, he didn't want to go to the Jordan to baptize. I like this servant that had enough courage to went up to Naaman. Naaman went away mad and angry. And notice it was disobedience. Disobedience, when we get a call from God and not act on what God has said, is disobedience. He was disobedient. And the servant asked him, said, if he had asked you to do a hard thing, you'd have done it. But all he asked you to just go dip seven times. Now here comes the part that healed him was obedience. He turned and went to Jordan. Now obedience always is a show of faith. Disobedience is a show of unbelief. It really don't believe. So Hezekiah believed. Hezekiah was very sad, probably, but he went to the house of prayer. What's the best place we can go? You don't necessarily have to come up here to pray. You don't have to have a wood altar to pray. Probably every one of you got a prayer room at home, got a place you pray. How many of you can pray going down the road? Brother James Sister Alman was going down the road one time. And it was raining. He lost control of the car. That thing got on no slick spots. There's one right down here on 59, right here in Jeff McCourt's place used to be. You talking about a little water get on that? You, you better be trouble because you're gonna hide your plane and lose you lose control. Well, brother James lost control. The car run completely off the road, run over in the ditch. Just Alma said, "All I could think to say, Jesus." When she said Jesus, it looked like that car just jumped back up on that road by itself. God is a miraculous working God. He he he's a, he could do miraculous things just that quick. Just one word, Jesus, 
all power in heaven and earth is in that one name, Jesus. Hezekiah, here he weeps, turns his face to the wall, and he began to tell God how he had walked before him and how he had kept his commandments. But all during this time, he was weeping. And the Lord told Isaiah, go back and tell him he's not going to die. He's not going to die. Don't listen to your bad report. Huh? Don't entertain it. Can I go a little further? Don't spread the news everywhere on Facebook or when that you run into and tell them what bad reports you got. Begin to talk to God. Look to God. Tell yourself, be encouraged. Be of good cheer and see what God will do. Now watch this. Hezekiah acts as a physician. He put figs on him. Sometimes God uses medicine to heal you. But you've got to believe. I read an article the other day about this. And it was so encouraging about what a doctor says. All we can do is treat your symptoms. That's all we can do. It takes God to heal you. When you begin to take your medicine, put the figs on you or whatever, believe in God that you're going to be healed. Peggy's uncle Floyd Yunt had a, I don't know how many bypasses in his 60s. In his 60s. And the doctor told him, said, uh, Mr. Yunt, do you know why you got to have these bypasses? So many of them. He said, no, I'm not. He said, that your blood test shows that you're a high salt eater. You know, that killed him when he was 90-something years old. Huh? I'm telling you the truth. 90-something years old. What, 93, 94 years old, somewhere along there. Left Houston, come up here where he could be with his family. Lived up here, Lord, I don't know how many years. It probably hadn't been, if the Lord had miraculously healed him and it hadn't been for those doctors and their skill, he'd probably died. Listen, God told Isaiah, now you act as a physician and put some figs on him. You believe that when God, I mean, when they give you a report, you take some medicine, I want you to believe that you're going to be healed. Hezekiah was healed. He was healed. God, every good, perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. We wouldn't have all these things if it had not been for God. And he didn't just give good gifts to saints. <laughs> he gave good gifts to sinners. Some of your greatest Miracles and medical breakthrough is done by people that don't know God. All you got to do is read and find out. Because God is no respected person. He reigns on the just and the unjust. He gives these wonderful things. And then Hezekiah said, 
How am I going to know all this? And Isaiah said, well, what do you want? Do you want the sundial to go forward or you want it to go back? I want you to notice how y'all probably need to get Ken to come up here right now where he sits in his chair at home and said, Daddy, sit down over here. I want to talk to you. Have y'all ever heard him say that? How many know that you can sit down and have a conversation with just Jesus? He's not here, but he's in you. The Holy Spirit's inside of you. Hezekiah said, what do you want? The sundial to go forward or you want the sundial to go backwards? God will give you a message that he's going to do that. Hezekiah scratched his head. He said, it's easy for a sundial to go forward. But for a sundial to go backward, that's hard. Ain't nothing too hard for God. People say, well, you're not supposed to question God. When you sit down and have a conversation with God, you're not questioning God. You're sitting down with him and reason together with him like Abraham did for Sodom and Gomorrah. You're not questioning him. He's too big for all of that. He's not no little person. He's mighty. He said, let's see if God can make, it don't read like this, but I'm just putting a little of it in there. Let's see if God can make it go backwards. That's a hard thing. And the Bible says, is anything too hard for God? Now, what happened to the sundial? It went backwards. And Hezekiah was healed. Now, here's the most, maybe not the most important part, but it was a very important part, Sister Linda. He not only healed him, not only he destroyed his enemy with 185,000 with one angel, he added 15 years to his life. Here's a man had a decree from God, he's going to die. Dr. Bernie Siegel in his book talks about how amazing God is said, we have doctored people and tell them you got six months to live. And they go home and die nearly within six months. We've told people with they've got the same disease, identical everything. And one man, he said, as I'm writing this book, this man's still living. He told how many years ago it happened. He had the identical same disease. We told him you only have six months to live. He'd go home and die. He went home and told his wife and his family, said, they tell me I only got six months to live. They said, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to live. We're going to take vacations. We're going to go here. We're going to go there. We're going to live. I forgot how many years it was that Dr. Bernie Siegel was writing that. He said he's still living today because he wanted to live. Listen. God wants you to live and add to your life when it seems like it's over with. Hezekiah, I'm going to give you 15 more years. Oh, don't you know he was a happy man? God said, you're going to die. But he turned his face to the wall and talked to God. I want to share something here right quick and just close. The Bible said in James 5.16, the fervent prayer of a 
righteous man availeth much. Hezekiah was a righteous man. And it also says in Colossians 4 and 12, always praying or laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in God. Ephesians 3.20 said, God is able to do abundantly above what you can imagine or you can think. Now, there's several things happened here that Hezekiah asked for about the dial going backwards and how God answered his prayer immediately. How many believe that God hears prayers? He hears your prayers. Then it says, he needs your prayers. God needs his people to pray to him. He loves for us to pray to him and to give his petition. And God answers your prayers. He answers your prayers. And God delivers by your prayers. Hezekiah fits all of those. God delivered him because of his prayers. Even though he had a death sentence, he humbled himself, lowered himself. As they're coming, as Elisha was called to the widow's house, her husband had died. And she fixed and had to sell her sons to pay her debts. Elisha said, what you got in the house? She said, all we got is just a small bottle of oil. He said, send your sons out and borrow what? Vessels. Not just a few, but what? Many vessels and borrow big vessels. And she kept pouring and kept pouring and kept pouring and kept pouring. Now, here, here's what we need to understand. What kind of vessels was they to borrow? Empty vessels. As long there was an empty vessel, the anointing kept pouring into the... When we empty ourselves of ourselves, that's when the anointing will keep pouring abundant in our life. When we humble ourselves like Hezekiah did, totally emptied ourselves and know that there's nothing we can do but it's all in God's hand. Acts 12 said there was prayer being made to God for Peter. Make sure our prayers are going to God. And as they prayed, Peter was delivered. God bless you. Next time you get a good report, bad report, what are you going to do? You're going to pray over that thing. You can get somebody that knows God to pray with you. Amen. Amen. And turn your face to the wall. Turn away from the bad report and look to God for a good report. Like Hezekiah, these things are written for our examples that we pray. Peggy's been having a tough time, but she's feeling better. Feeling better. I believe she told me yesterday morning, said, I feel better, but I'm not there yet. Listen, sometime recover little by little. Hold on to God. Keep telling yourself. Keep telling the enemy. Listen, 
I'm better. Praise God. He said, well, you, you, you're not too better. Well, he's a liar and the father of all lies. He wants you to call on him. He wants you to know that he's going to hear your prayers. And your prayers is what's going to cause him to deliver you. God bless you for being here. God bless you. Hallelujah.